Welcome to the Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. I am the birthday fairy. Here to bring you gifts. Oh, cool. For your birthday. Cool. What gift did you get me? I got you these chocolate bunnies that were on sale. Oh, they're on sale? Yeah. On sale? Yeah. That's a good bargain. All right. That's fine. Yes, that's fine. Because this it's... is kind of like your own personal Easter because you are turning... Jesus years I old. am, yeah, I'm, I've, I've managed to outlive Christ, um, I beat Christ. Yeah. And, uh, I think that, that merits a recording for posterity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've outlived Christ. I mean, in fairness, he did die a couple thousand, couple of thousand years, years ago, ago, and also might be fictional, so. Do you ever think that you might be fictional? Yes, all the time. Okay. It is a constant source of anxiety for me, <laughs> um, which started at the age of 12 when I first saw The Truman Show. And it's just kind of exacerbated from there to the point where it's become background radiation and I've just started therapy. We're watching My Little Pony. Uh, which in many ways is a spiritual successor to <laughs> The Truman Show. This is the movie that came out in 2016? Man- Recently. Yeah, the one that's based on The Friendship is Magic. Yeah, the, the Lauren Faust version. But it's not the one where they're teenagers in high school. That's Equestria a, Girls? Yes, I think that, that's Is the there one. an Equestria Girls movie? Uh, there's a feature film, yes. Oh, dear. Equestria yeah. Girls disturbs me, and I've literally only ever seen the promotional art for it, and that's enough for me. There's too. I, I would say that is, in fact, too much. That's too much. That is an excess of necessary materials relating to My Little Pony. But we are watching actual ponies. Yeah. I know nothing about this movie. I also know nothing about it. I've watched a couple of episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. I think I might have only watched them because Q is in them. Yeah, John Delancey <laughs> plays the Q pony. And also, this was a couple of years ago that I would have watched it because I wanted to understand the brony phenomenon that mm. was going on back then. I think bronies don't exist anymore. I think that they exist in a diminished capacity. They kind of have... <laughs> they, they kind of bred themselves out of the gene pool. <laughs> I think I'm not we are not here to bash bronies. I I am fascinated by that cultural phenomenon. Mm. I do know I did date someone who was a brony. They were not a brony when we dated, but I did revisit their Facebook profile very recently and they are all, all in, about it now. They're all about that life. Okay. Yeah, it was weird. So you were fortunate that you escaped. Yes. Before you got before sucked I into got, the pony hole. Yes, before I got poof, sucked into the pony hole. Um, <laughs> so I guess we're done. Like we can't beat that as a thing that one of us says. Thank you for listening to this episode. And also we have our episode title, which is of course John Delancey Pony. He got sucked into the pony hole as well. Well, he um, produced. One of the Brony documentaries. I seem to recall that. I, yeah. I, I watched a couple of Brony documentaries because I did really, really want to understand it. And I don't think I came away with I, understanding at the end so of it. So did, did those Bronies go into any of the, hey, I have a Pinkie Pie plush and I put a fleshlight in it kind of No. St- <laughs> no, <laughs> no they, they, never, didn't. they never went there and maybe that's... The problem. That was the blind spot yeah. in all these documentaries is we never saw the, the fleshlight scenario. <laughs> because that was, for a long time, that was the quote-unquote thing bronies did um, uh-huh. when they weren't drawing 
porn that made it so that when young girls Google My Little Pony, the first thing they see is Applejack being sent to Pound Town. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we won't encounter, and we're going to get all our brony material out of the way right now, and then we're going to be able to approach this as pure hearted. Are are we? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. It is your birthday, so you get to set the pace for this episode, and if you want to talk about fleshlights the whole time, we can do that. Well, I, I don't personally I don't, relate I don't to want to, listen, fleshlight hey, content. I talk about fleshlights enough in my day to day. It's my birthday. I want a day off. That's okay. True. Okay. Fun fact: I do have a friend who works uh, for the Not company. Not where I thought that. Sentence. No, I do have a f- friend. I do have a I have a friend who a friend who has a flesh fleshlight in that drawer. No, I don't. Know. <laughs> no, I have a friend who works for the company that make real dolls, which is kind uh-huh. of. What happens kind when, you, like when you, you take a fleshlight and extrapolate out from there? Yeah, and you end up with, with a person. It's the next evol- when yeah. you give it, when you evolve it, yeah, with a, uh... yeah. When fleshlight gets to level sixteen, <laughs> it evolves into into a real doll and also learns drip. I want to watch this film <laughs> and get all of these images out of my head. It's. Let I want to dislodge them. Let me ask you a question because our last foray into the My Little Pony extended universe. It was a cruel betrayal. Yeah, it was the 1986 movie starring Danny DeVito. That was produced in 10 weeks? They, they had 10, ten weeks, weeks to animate that they whole had, film. I think they had substantially more time to produce this film. Yeah, well this time I think Hasbro were like, oh people, we should make we should make this for hey, people Hey, people to watch. actually want this yeah, now. Yeah, we've made 27 seasons of the, or whatever, of the TV <laughs> show. Let's make a movie that people will want to watch and rewatch over and over again. What if this is just a shot for shot remake of the original? I would kind of like the 98 be here Psycho. for that. I would definitely be here for that. I'll tell you what, I know you'd be excited during the first two and a half minutes first because of that half opening minutes, music. I would be all the way on board. Yeah. And then when they started shrieking at the camera, I gotta go it alone, then I would yeah. check out. But we'll <laughs> see how this goes. Yeah, I'm hoping that this film it doesn't have I hope the, this the film artifice. Doesn't ruin your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you said so many times. Yesterday and before we started recording today, <laughs> listen, it's your birthday. If you want to watch something else, you can watch whatever you I want. You do not have to watch No. This. I say no. We made a commitment to our listeners, to Jeremy. Jeremy expects. And the, our commitments the, have always mattered, the, and we have always held them up in the past. Exactly. So we are we very have, true to our word here. We have never, almost never changed the episode at the last minute. I think we've only ever actually done it two or three times. Uh, we've, we aborted the Digimon episode. And there were a couple other instances where I think something came up or we just were too emotionally spent to yes. face what we had queued up. We Yeah, we did postpone whatever it was so that we could do the Lego movie. Yeah. I can't remember what For we were going to do. We were going to watch yeah, we, then we, but then we watched it. would have killed us. Yeah. But I, I think this is going to be enjoyable. It's going to be better yeah. than a lot of the stuff. And that's really all I can cling to right now. I feel like we should watch the movie. I want to watch this film. So we're going to go off and watch uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Pony. Lord of the Rings, Friendship of the Ring. Oh, Friendship of the Ring is magic. Yes. (laughs) We're going to go and watch My Little Pony. Fellowship of the Ring. I don't. Is it literally just the film just called My Little? Pony? I think it's just called My Little Pony the movie. Look it up. Well, that's what the first one was called. Because I had to Google it. That's how I found out it was let on me Amazon look Prime. Look it up. We are so on the ball here. We're good. We did all of our research My before little, we hit Oh, it record. is. Co- you're right. Yeah. Emily Blunt and Kristen Chenoweth are in this. 
I'm so confused. I don't know. D- don't necessarily hold that as a hallmark because remember, the cast ah! for the first one was shockingly okay, good. Okay, I haven't actually looked this up at all and now I'm really excited. Starring Kristen Chenoweth as Orok. She's Princess Sky Star. Or Skister. 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 She's the Skister sister. Leave Schreiber. Is that how his name is pronounced? Yeah. Yes. Leave Schreiber, who was uh, Sabretooth in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Okay, I recognize him. We're going to watch this star-studded film. Yes. This walk. We're going to take a little walk down Hollywood Boulevard yep. as we watch My Little Pony, the movie, parentheses, 2016. Parentheses. Wait, I thought it was 17. It's one of them. It's a year. It's 17. A, it's a recent year. This film came out after my breakdown. Okay, we're going to go watch this <laughs> film and we'll be right back after these pretty recent commercial messages. That's my line. It's my birthday. You took you took you on my birthday. You were dillying and dallying. I was about to say it. You know what? We'll discuss this off air. We'll be right back. Come play in the seashell lagoon. Twirl in the seaweed. You've got what you need. Lights, bubbles, and friendship. You can bring home the magic of the My Little Pony movie with the seashell lagoon playset. Comes with Pinkie Pie. Other ponies each sold separately. Adult assembly required. We are back. That was comparatively that, <laughs> painless. That I, wasn't terrible. I'm not going to lie. I did kind of enjoy I, it. I almost liked it a little bit. I liked it a little bit. And the music was not all bad. The music was... We're going to get into that. The, this, so this was, a, this was a musical. Yeah. This was animated. This was a mixture of 2D and 3D animation. 3D mostly for some background shots. Environments, yeah. yeah. Whereas all of the characters were kind of traditionally animated. And there was a lot more detail in the animation than I was expecting. Because I know that the way that the cartoon is animated, it's all very kind of like motion tweened. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like well, Toon Boom Studios. Well, this is the major motion yeah. picture that got a theatrical release. Yeah. So they stepped it up. Yeah. Oh boy, did they. The animation was really good. I was very impressed. But I can't remember the last time I saw... When was the last traditional animated film that I would have seen get a theatrical release? Princess and the Frog. I think is Princess the and the Frog is the last one I can, one I can think of. I can of. think of, and Actually, that was like oh nine. If we count things like Teen Titans Go to the Movies, that was a couple of years ago. I haven't ago. seen that. It's very so. good. I've got it on Blu-ray. You're welcome to borrow it. You should watch it. Yeah, I, I commented as we were watching the movie that I think we saw more individual frames of animation in the first two minutes of this movie than we then saw in the, in the entire, entire... eighty six movie. <laughs> Yeah, this one was a step up from the 80s movie. Yeah, this one sure. held attention. This one definitely I was, kept yeah, us. Yeah, I, I think I, I took notes a lot during the first half, and then I stopped because I was actually like, yeah. what's going to happen? Like, we uh, acquired an emotional investment yes. in the events of the movie, which that's a nice surprise. Like, how many times have we sat down to watch a movie, and it's been, oh, we, we've got, this is what we're doing for the next 90 to 120 minutes. Yeah. It, where it's a slog. Or where it see opens up with, oh, this might be enjoyable, a la the opening title sequence yeah. to the 86 My Little Pony, and then it ends and then up that being... that rug gets pulled out from under yeah. you. The animation was... I, I was also, gotta stress, this is an anamorphic widescreen. This is that a, was the first thing you commented on. That was literally, on. I was like, oh my god, like, they really went That's all out for this. Was I was... Sh- Just for your birthday. I was so enthusiastic. I'm so glad we watched this today. Yay! I'm so glad. I was worried that it was gonna be a drag for yeah. you. Yeah. The two things that stood out to me. Firstly, the beginning of this movie, because it opens with a ponified version of a pop song from the 80s, 
gave me real trolls vibes, <laughs> especially with all the colors I on the screen. I also noticed that. Yeah. I, I have a lot to say about the song. The song choice was We Got the Beat. In this film overall. Yeah. There was, there was the, some of the original songs are hit and miss. But I thought I thought the 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 option of opening with we got the beat, but with pony a lyrics, five, yeah, a pony that was really that was really cool. And I, and I genuinely thought, well, if they're doing songs, if they're just going to follow that trolls formula of let's take a song that already exists and troll it up a little mm-hmm. little bit, pony, pony it up it a little up, bit, pony up, give it that Smurf treatment. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Like that, that's that wasn't a bad choice. And it, oh, I, this opening is much stronger than. The, I, we're always going to be comparing this to the 86 movie. <laughs> and that's because not fair, really. It's not fair to the 86 movie because they had to make that movie in 10 weeks. I think I'm... I, we were so delighted by this film because I think we went in with the expectation that it was going to be like the 80s movie. I knew it wasn't going to be, but like that's where the bar yeah. was. The bar was on the ground. The bar was in China. <laughs> the bar was in the mantle of the earth. In order for for the only way this film could have not met the bar is if it had been seared away by the molten magma core of our planet had, yeah. and had kind of been dissolved and at that point wouldn't go under the bar anyway because it would have The bar would be gone at Yeah, that point. there'd be no bar, it'd have melted. But shockingly, this film Especially, we sometimes when we don't know anything about the movie. I say sometimes, most of the time when we don't know anything about the movie, we are or have kind of become conditioned to become expectant of a bad mm-hmm. time. We have seen so many bad movies. So many. So for this film to be so much fun and enjoyable, and to actually have a through line and consistent characterization and yeah. strong acting and. For me, it evoked that original feeling. I mean, I grew up during the Disney Renaissance era. Mm, Not saying that this is on par with those, but it's been so long. And it it evoked that feeling that I had as a child of like, I'm going to go on a fun magical musical animated adventure with these fun characters. I will and say I'm gonna go eat a happy meal with a toy. Yeah. Of them. Like that's how this made me feel is it brought that back. Yeah. The f- the Disney film that this put me in mind the most of is actually not a, a Disney Animation Studios film. It's a Disney Toon Studios. It's DuckTales the movie. I don't know if you ever saw the DuckTales movie. Is that the one with the magic lamp? It's the one with the one with the magic lamp. We would lamp, rent yeah. that one. We never owned it, so I have vague recollections of it. We we rented it enough that my dad eventually made a Copy we pirated of, yeah, it. Yeah, we pirated it from Blockbuster Video. I'm sorry, Blockbuster. I'll send you a check in the Are mail. Are you the reason that they went out of business? Yeah, it's solely my fault. Yeah. But uh, I loved the DuckTales movie. I adored that film. I thought it was so much fun. I thought that the characters were interesting. I thought the animation was such a huge step up from what the show was doing. And I I remember even as a kid, but like, wow, this looks really good. And I get that. I got that same vibe from. Some of, for want of a better word, some of the camera movement in this, mm-hmm. some of the color choices. It's shot very cinematically. Yeah. Because it's anamorphic. It's anamorphic. And the strong color choices, strong design choices. Like um, they, just visually very strong. They didn't, It's. it feels like they didn't go into this thinking, well, we're going to make an episode that's 90 minutes long. Yeah. They went in thinking, what can we do that will justify a feature yeah. film? And then they made that film. Like they, they told yeah. a cinematic story yeah. to begin with. Like it, that was their starting point. And it really, really worked. It was, it was so... Like, I would watch this again. Like, I wasn't I would... expecting that we were going to be fawning on the rest <laughs> of the film, but no. here we are. Happy birthday. Thank you. I definitely th- th- felt 
I turn, I'm turning into a snake. Help me. Uh, I definitely felt like coming into this movie, this would be a difficult watch. And one of the more recent films it puts me in mind of is Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Because that is a film with a strong roster of... I, I think this film is perhaps better at telling a cinematic story because I think Teen Titans Go to the Movies... I know you haven't seen it, so I don't want to spoil anything for you. Teen Titans Go to the Movies is more about... is 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 a small, dumb story told well in a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. This is a long, epic... A pony epic. A pony epic. A pony epic, if you will, that... They made good use of the story of the characters of the setting. They didn't retread much ground from the 86 movie. Danny DeVito was not in this. I think he may have... He might have been additional voices yeah, Danny in DeVito one of the crowd scenes. And Rhea Perlman did additional voices. They voiced the clowns, the two clowns. <laughs> do we want to start breaking down the narrative? Um, Yeah, sure, let's do it. Cool. So, firstly, I'm going to say this straight up. The ponies' names are not stored in my random access memory. They are stored in mine. You've got them? From cultural osmosis, Cultural osmosis. Okay. So we have our main pony. Twilight. Twilight Sparkle. The purple one. Who is technically... I guess... Are they Pegasus within the context of the show? Because they've got the the horn and the wings. She's got wings, but she's also got a horn, and I don't know what that makes her yeah i'm sure that there's law in fact i'm pretty confident there's law relating to unicorns and pegasi within the the narrative of my little pony colon friendship is magic colon friendship is magic it's Um, very important (laughs) to have a healthy gut biome (laughs) all the little friends that live in there yeah keep things moving yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta feed them the good stuff yeah give them some of that yakult you know, yeah, Jamie Lee this, Curtis. This episode is brought to you <laughs> by Jamie by, Lee Curtis. By Jamie Lee Curtis and Dan and Activia Yogurt. So Twilight Sparkle is this kind of purple pony with wings and a horn. A and one-eyed, one-horn, flying, flying purple, purple pony, pony eater. <laughs> but I guess it's an annoying, like, she's the she's the princess a of friendship. friendship. And I, I guess... imagine this was something that happened over the course of the show. Yeah. I don't feel like... I really lost anything by not having seen the show prior to this although watching this movie has made me think maybe i should be watching the show over my lunch breaks like (gasps) did we turn you into a brownie no because i i don't own any of the necessary accoutrement including a fleshlight including a fleshlight so she's the princess of friendship (laughs) and they're doing some kind of friendship festival yeah party they're throwing a big friendship party and she's hosting it or is responsible for it in some way and she wants to get it right because this is i guess one of her first yeah princessy duties yeah <laughs> princessy duties <laughs> royal poop um and everyone's getting the stage ready and they're everyone's and a really lengthy musical a, number this happens. is okay you kept commenting on how long this musical number was. I think the only reason this musical number feels long is because in movie musicals now, songs don't tend to go on as long as they used to. When I think about, I think about the the the, the Disney Renaissance. I think about Beauty and the Beast, and I think about Belle's song at the very beginning of that movie. That's a long song, but it gave us information. Yeah, and this didn't. We knew they yeah. were prepping for a party, and the whole song was just, "We're still prepping for this party." Yeah, we're. Still Still getting ready. I feel like a lot of that was establishing who these characters are for people who may Perhaps. not necessarily be 
uh, knee deep in the pony lore. You like this movie more than me. I think I do. I think I do. Listen, my defense, I I don't think this is necessarily a defense of this movie so much as it is a commentary on how movie musicals have changed Mm -hmm. over the last 20 years. Because I I was, we were talking about this while we were watching the movie. The soundtrack for Moana is shockingly short. Like, half of the CD is here are the songs from the movie and then the other half is here are some demo tracks of songs from the movie. I think that's pretty standard for a soundtrack of these kinds of movie musicals. I think like five five to seven yeah. original songs is the standard. Yeah. Mulan had five yeah but, and they were or only like the first half of the a, movie four and a reprise yeah. or something like that like for milan the first half of the movie is a musical and then they reach the halfway mark and no one sings a note that's because it's very intense yeah than the latter half but like you can milan is i think that like you can pinpoint that as the moment for disney movies where they started to move away from, from the musical formula that, that format, um yeah. and i think that since then even the songs that have been musical, like Moana, and don't get me wrong, I love Moana, but the songs are very kind of short and kind yeah. of like momentary rather than trying to paint a, like a big picture. I think the longest song in Moana is probably the, the I forget the title of the song. It's the one at the beginning where her parents are singing to her about mm-hmm. how she can find... About the coconuts. Yeah. It's, a, know, it's a two it's and a half hour di- song about coconut different. biology. I, for me, what stood out about a lot of these songs, and I imagine we will get into this in more depth, but... A lot of them struck me as very first drafty of like, mm, oh, okay, yeah. we need to put a song in here. And they literally just stream of consciousness wrote out, what's the first rhyme you can think of? Okay, yeah. go. And that's what ended up on the screen. On the screen. That's how we also ended up with a couple of accidentally kinky songs. <laughs> um, I don't know that they were accidental. We don't know what it's the It's a kid's movie. It's definitely to. slightly horny. It's very, there's a lot of bondage. Yes. And that- a lot of kind of a, a Christy Carlson Romano and Cadet Kelly kind yeah. of dynamics going on. There's, there, I mean, there's the repeated use of the phrase, my little one, from the villain yeah. towards... Yeah, But we're getting very, very far ahead of ourselves. So they're pre- prepping for the ceremony and then these clouds start moving in. What, there was that part, there was that scene at the beginning where she's talking to the other princesses, like Princess like, Luna you, and Princess... Can you arrange uh, the celestial bodies so I have like the perfect yeah. when magic hour... When Sia Horse is on, on stage, that's not her actual name, but it should have been. Sia Horse. When, when Sia as a pony is on stage performing, if you put the sun over here and the moon over here, then it will create kind of like a light show We'll have effect. Some, some Rembrandt lighting here. Yeah, it'd be really Need cool. A kind of perpetual golden era, it'd be really yeah. nice. And then the other princesses very politely say, that's, no, that's, no. A, that's a misuse of power. What the fuck are you talking about, you young idiot but they say it more nicely they say it politely, more so she's like okay yeah and i made a note of that scene because i genuinely thought that's going to come back later because they, they maybe they'll do it doesn't really yeah. well i just in in when the storm king gets the staff he just does what superman he, he does he does he goes very willy-nilly and he's moving the but there don't seem to be any consequences other than Oh, on the other side of the planet, the sea level went up and down. People drowned. <laughs> Cities were destroyed. Everyone e- died. Equestria be- is is high enough above sea level that it wasn't that impacted. Fine, yeah. But ev- like the rest of the planet is so is in turmoil. Watch a bunch of people die. Yeah, but it happened off screen. So she's throwing her party, or she's about to throw her party, and that's when all the the clouds the clouds start move in. in, and then that and is when our airships descend. Yes, and our our primary villain. 
kind of a, a, a the one we see the most. Who yeah. is the most active? And her name is Emily Blunt. The character's name is um. Uh, Twilight? Tempest. No, Tempest. Tempest Shadow. Tempest Shadow. Temptress. Because because not Night Dark was taken, I guess. <laughs> That's too first Raven... draft. What's the name of the character from My Immortal? I anyway, don't let's... remember. Uh, Raven D'Ivory... De- M- De- I can't remember. I do not remember. Yeah, anyway, so she shows up and wrecks shit, turns all of the other, the three other pony princesses into statues. Yeah. And is trying to get Twilight Sparkle. Twilight. I keep on wanting to say Twilight Princess. She, she is, <laughs> her name is Twilight and she, she is yeah. the princess, so she is the Twilight Princess. Yeah, because she wants to, like, all of their respective princess pony powers. Um, their PPPs. Their PPPs. She needs their PP. She, she needs their PP. She's, she <laughs> she's in desperate power. need of their PP. She needs their PP. And uh, she's going to give that to the main villain of the piece. The Storm King. Who is the Storm King. Who is kind of a big baboon. Yeah. But he's voiced by Liev Schreiber. That's I'm not how you sure say what that name. was. It's Liev Schreiber. Okay. He's in... Um, that, that was like 15 accents That show that's once. on Showtime that I can't remember the name of. Okay, well, I definitely don't know if it's on a premium cable channel. Um, So she's trying to get the pony pow, the PP, yeah. for the Storm King because he yeah. has promised her that he's going to restore her unicorn horn. Because she's, it's broken. Because it's broken. She's it does in, in a tragic sparks. accident. As a kid, if you ever had any of the Captain Planet toys and you had the toy of Wheeler where you would pull the thing on its back that's basically a lighter and his chest would go would spark. <gasps> oh, that sounds dangerous. That I had one of those as a kid. Then that is That's what uh, her face does all the time. Yeah, that's what her horn is she's she's horny for sparks. Horny on main for sparks. But Twilight Sparkle and her various cavalcade of friends who are mostly ponies except for Spike. I mean they're a, a literal cavalcade dragon. because they're yeah. horses. Yeah. That's almost like that's why I chose the the word. Okay. It's like I know what words mean. Sometimes you talk about cavalcades of dicks. Or this is just for you, it's just a group of uh, things. Point of order, I refer to, quote, an orchestra of boners. Okay. End quote. That's a different I think that's thing. that's the official. From a cavalcade of dick. So there's all her horse friends escape. Yes. They fall into... You know, I did look at my phone at this point yes. to make a note. My next they, get, note, they get away. Yeah, they get away and they head towards the desert. Uh, the, I think wh- I, I looked away to, to type Dominatrix Emily Blunt. <laughs> and, and then under that did I Did you type that or did you Google that? I typed it and then uh, in my it. notes. And under, the, under that I wrote, I don't hate this. <laughs> so that's where I was. One of the pony princesses, before she had her pee pee stolen, she said, uh, find the princess of the hippo. Or the queen of the hippos. Queen of the hippo. And then she, she got cut off. Yeah. And I knew... That was probably was she was gonna. That she was talking about hypotherapy, where you take special needs children and they ride horses and it makes oh, them yeah. feel better. Yeah. So that's what the rest of the movie is. It's yeah. kind of a documentary, they go to a therapeutic. Um, yeah. Horse camp. Yeah. It's really moving. So they just they they are venturing forth. They are setting out in search of the queen of the hippos, which involves them traveling through what you pointed out was very much like a desert from Rayman Origins. A lot of this movie visually is very Rayman esque. Yeah. I guess because of the. I don't know, like the stretchiness of yeah. the characters and the color palettes. Yeah. And it, it just, it's very French looking. Yeah, this film had like distinct Rayman vibes and nowhere and more that. prevalently than in the, the, the scene desert. where they're going through the desert. And it's funny, like this desert scene where they're like, they're hot and they're sure that they're going to die. There are some funny jokes here. And then they find a path. Yeah, they find this city. 
where there's human trafficking, pony trafficking. Yeah, the, it's it's kind of the uh, the Moss Eisley of the, of the My Little Pony the universe Ponyverse. because they arrive and people immediately want to buy spikes their body parts and their body parts. And this is when the cat arrives, whose name is Capper. Capper. I thought Capper. I don't understand why Kappa. that's his name because he's a cat who tap dances. So Capper. <gasps> Danny the Song and Dance Cat. I w- <laughs> no, a lot of the facial expressions in this movie do remind me of Cats Don't Dance. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate that you haven't seen it. Mm. It's a really good movie. I think I've seen brief snippets of it. I think it's Mikey, definitely worth a watch. I think Mikey might have referenced it in his uh, what anima- uh, uh, Lessons Animation Taught Us videos. Mm-hmm. but Or I may have seen other clips of it. But I, Kappa, I think, does give that... Cats don't dance. In his vibe. body shape, yeah. And also a little bit the captain from um, Treasure Planet. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the coat, I guess. Yeah, and kind of the, the what, form, I guess, like the hips. He's a long, and the, he's the, a he's, long skinny yeah. boy with like a fancy coat. Yeah, and he was voiced by Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs, the day Tiggs. What? By day, he dresses as, t- as Tigger as at Tigger. Disneyland, yeah. And by night, he records voiceover for My Little Pony movies. So he... Sorry, that's the dumbest that joke. That was really stupid, so I'm just going to soldier yeah. on. Um, he, he help, quote, helps them. Yeah. And then it turns out that he has betrayed them. But yeah. he, I mean, he sings a weird song. It's very first drafty. And takes them to his place and sends a message to what, someone that he owes money to. Yeah. He's, he's like, I've got some slaves for you. The, so settle, yeah. settle my debt. The song is, it's like they were saying, we want something that's like Friend Like Me from Aladdin, but less whimsical. And don't worry about getting it perfect. Just good. It needs to be good enough. You know how in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, they'll have songs that are very much like a pre-existing song or a pre-existing yeah. genre. This is like someone put the Friend Like Me through that engine yeah and this is what it came out with it's like a very generic version of like we are friends i will help you let me help you i am your friend those are the lyrics of the song more or less yeah that's not far off um and then we find out that yeah he's he's gonna sell the ponies to pay off a debt that he has to a man a naked mole rat naked mole rat man it's not really important yeah the point is that he betrays them but as he's betraying them he's like mm, i shouldn't have done that yeah so he does have a heart and then as the loan shark shows up sh- literally at the same moment what's her name emily blunt shows emily up emily blunt shows up um in her pony kinkwear she is wearing a like a full body it's it it's form like a, hugging it looks like a wetsuit but it's not tell you what i wasn't a pony before <laughs> no it's figure hugging yeah. Leaves very little to the imagination. There's a pony under there. Pony. All the other ponies are, are naked. naked. I can imagine what is under that suit. That is interesting. I wonder in the context of ponydom, if you're always, you're, you live your ponydom? life. Ponydom? Ponydom. <laughs> Dom with two M's and an E on the end. If you live your life naked, what does it mean culturally to put on clothes for, for the ponies of Equestria? Well, my thinking is she's the villain. She feels, and it's explained later that she felt like she was shunned by her own people, like cast out, even though that was really mostly in her own head, I think. So I think the clothing for her is her way of saying, I'm no longer one of you. She does hide, it hides her cutie mark. We never learn what her cutie mark 
is... We do learn her name. Her name. I imagine that her cutie mark is probably like fireworks or something. Yeah. But yeah, that is, I mean, Sia wears clothes too. Yeah. Sia horse. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's like a... It's a solid goof. That yeah, no, that was good. Goof. Goof. Whereas they gave her a different name, like Songbird... Song... Song... It doesn't matter. Songbird Singstress or something like it does, that. It does not matter because she doesn't matter as a character, the Sia yeah. character. She's largely irrelevant. She's decorative. Yeah, she's... We want someone famous to be basically themselves. I wish they had chosen someone more articulate because when Sia sings, I literally cannot understand a word. It's like, have you ever watched... There are like short films on YouTube where it's like what English sounds like to like non-English speakers and it's just gibberish, but it sounds like English. That's what it sounds like in my ears when I listen to a Sia song. It's like, it just does not Any Sia song? Any Sia song. Even the chandelier? I know the word chandelier because the title of the song is chandelier and she says it multiple times. So that one I understand. She sings inarticulate words very well. Yeah, it's a very, it's a smell, smells like Sia kind of situation. (laughs) Smells like Team Sia. Smells like Teen Sia. I don't know what she's saying. So they escape. They escape. And Emily Blunt talks to Catman. Tay Diggs. Catmandu. Catmandu. And... He's got that hair. He, he has a little bloop. Yeah. I don't know how to describe his you hair. just did. Uh, yeah, just imagine the, <laughs> oh, the hairstyle that accompanies that sound. You did miss Jeremy, the little, like, curly <laughs> hand motion that Molly did with her hand. It was very, very cool. A little, like a little pompadour. Yeah. And he lies to Emily Blunt because he wants to throw her off the, yeah. off the track. Whereas the, where the ponies are going, they're actually going to this mountain because they've discovered, They want oh, to find the hippogriffs. Oh yeah. yeah, they found a map. Yeah. So they're like, now we actually know where we're going. They're going to go yeah. find the queen of the hippogriffs who they think can help them. Yeah. Um, so Kappa tries to throw them off the scent, and uh, Emily Blunt says, "Well, okay, thank you, but we're going to keep hold of you, and we're not—you're not, not going to leave until we have the fates of these ponies sealed." Yeah, because Emily Blunt just likes to tie people up. Yeah, she's she she's, just likes to capture people. Yeah, what if this? What if there is no real threat, and this is just like an extended this just, scene? This was all. Everyone signed a contract yeah. beforehand. Fifty Shades of Nay. Oh my god. And yet, dot, 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 here we are. Here we are. And so they, the they stow away on a pirate... On an airship. And a pirate airship yeah. that's crewed by a bunch of beards. Beards. Uh, birds. Beards. Uh, of uh, varying gender and intelligence. Yeah, it's not really clear what the gender is of any of them, except the captain, Zoe Saldana, who has a name. Yeah. Captain something. It starts with a C. They are revealed to be basically... A cargo ship for the Storm King carrying Storm King merchandise, <laughs> and they're gonna throw the stowaways off the ship. But then the whistle goes for lunch, and they all sit down and have lunch instead. Because the union, yeah, like strict union rules, they they get one meal allocation a day, and they're not gonna skip it to I kill people. I do wonder people. who was policing that. And then there's a huge song and dance about how you know they used to be more adventurous, but now they, they basically used to have be this pirates. They used, they, used, they used to be sky pirates and now they have this very lucrative like hauling job and this this kind of cargo freighter business going on. And the ponies say, listen, this is a very clearly a very lucrative financial business that you have run and you have overhead and you have you have a regular paying you customer. Unionized. You've unionized, which is great. <laughs> Why don't you give all that up? <laughs> they, po- yeah, again. they probably had medical. <laughs> They had medical and dental and, and, dental, and paid yeah. time off. Uh, yeah, they gave all of that up for to like freelancers. They get Martin Luther King Day off. <laughs> like now, now they have to work. Like they can't 
not go on jewel heist. Yeah, the ponies do this whole song and dance. To... It reminded me very much of when you're a professional pirate. And I was really sad that Tim Curry didn't have a cameo yeah. where they they convinced them to be pirates again. Yeah. Because the clothes are cooler and you get to set your own hours. Yeah. It was freelancing. <laughs> the problem is that you don't... They're digital nomads. Yeah. Work from your laptop. So they, they, they're really on board with this though. Yeah. They're, they're very much like... We miss the the fun, cool fashions. Yeah, they don't really have to be talked into it. No, it's, it's like, it was simmering beneath the surface yeah. already. Yeah, they're like, yeah, let's uh, let's let's throw off the shackles of corporate oppression. And to celebrate, Rainbow Dash is like, what if I made a big, huge explosion in the sky? Because I guess that's literally all she can do. Yes. It's unclear. I'm sure that these. These ponies clearly all have different personalities. I'm not sure what kind of skills any of them bring to the table. Like, obviously, Twilight has magic. Mm. Uh, Applejack has the ability to make cider. That's I yes. think that's about. The I think it's moonshine. It. I think it's definitely. She can make hooch. Yeah. And Spike breathes green fire. Spike breathes green fire. That was almost a tongue twister. <laughs> Rarity is rare. She has a horn, so I guess she can like make things levitate. She can fly. And Pinky is obnoxious, which is a superpower. And Fluttershy is me. I nearly said Shutterstock again. Shutterstock is me, <laughs> yeah. basically. But with an, ac- uh, an access of a, a large library of uh, photos that can be purchased for use royalty-free. Yes. For use within uh, your print publications and videos. Her cutie mark is just a watermark. Her cutie mark is a watermark. <laughs> now, um. every time I try to say watermark, I'm probably going to end up calling it a cutie mark. Yeah. So you've ruined me. I've sent the uh, the proof. I will need you to to approve it. Once I don't, I'll send you the, the version final without, copy the without the cutie. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt in her other ship sees yes. this giant rainbow explosion in the sky, and it's like because you would, and that's what it makes noise. Yeah. So she's like, uh... guess we're going that way now. Yeah, and so also she, she's like, you lied to me, Tay Diggs. And I think, I don't remember what she does. She's just like, don't do that again. Naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty. And so she, they inter- they intercept them. Mm. She goes and they board the ship and the ponies hide. And then they throw themselves out. Yes, they open the, the cargo like, hold the hatch, and just yeah. drop down. Before, well, Twilight is like, I'm going to build us a hot air balloon. But she A, doesn't tell anyone this and B, assembles it in midair as yeah. they're plummeting to the earth. Which is, I guess, fun visually. Yeah. But not smart. Not wise. Yeah. She doesn't make really any good decisions yeah. in this entire film. And then the airship explodes? Explodes. Yeah. There are fireworks. Yeah, they blow it up, but everyone survives and it's fine. <laughs> it is, really. Yeah. So the ponies kind of float down to... The the, the place they were going to. Yeah. The m- mountain. Yeah. It's not even a mountain. It's like a monument where the hippogriffs are. Yeah. And... They go into it. And they get pulled down into the water. Into the water. And they all think they're going to drown. It's water peril. Molly, how did you feel about that? I did not love it. Yeah. I did not enjoy it. And then suddenly they have bubbles in their heads. They have bubbles. And it turns out that... If you're wearing a bubble, you can breathe indefinitely. Yeah, forever. It's not carbon dioxide in there. It's just always oxygen. But, oh, what was her name? Skystar? Skister. Skister. Kristen Chenoweth is there. Yes. And she's a, a water pony, like a sea, like a like sea, a sea, like a sea horn, like a sea porn. Sea horse. I was trying to say pony and horse at the same time, and this is where we landed. Sea porn. Porny. 
Um, she's. What does that say about you? A lot. Cool. Good but nothing, know. nothing that you didn't already know, Jeremy. Yeah, you. So she's a sea a seahorse pony, um, and she's very excited to have visitors. So she's like, "Come meet my mother, the queen." And they have there's basically a whole like seahorse civilization. Yeah. Down there. And the queen underwater. is not happy that there are visitors from the outside. And reveals that they're the hippogriffs. They're the hippogriffs. They just they turned themselves into seahorses with the magical pearl to hide and to protect hide. themselves yeah, yeah. from the storm, storm king. king. Yes, I keep thinking. Okay, so in order for me to remember, all I have to do is look over at my Dungeons and Dragons book because I literally have a book called Storm King's Thunder. Oh yeah, yeah. So just think of that. That's yeah. a nice mnemonic device for yeah. you. So Twilight wants Twilight Princess. The, Twilight Princess Zelda wants um The Twilight to, Saga. <laughs> Bella Bella Swan? What is her name? Is that her name? Bella Swan. Bella Swan wants them to they have this use pearl. the pearl, the magical pearl to the, help somehow. Yeah. I don't Because this is the pearl that they used to turn themselves into seahorses. Yeah, I don't, I'm not it's not clear to me how she thought using the magic of the seahorse pearl would save them or help them. I think the thought process is if it can if the pearl can turn you into seahorses, maybe it can turn me into a gun or something <laughs> like that. Maybe we could summon the transformers. I don't know what their thought it's process unclear. was there, but yeah, that the the basic idea is battleship and yeah. uh, trying to think of other Hasbro properties, but I'm blinking. Ouija. Yes, they they whip out a Ouija board now. and they summon the ghost of Clue. Okay, Mr. so Body. we pretty much covered all of that. I'm glad we got that out of the way. So the Gem queen, the, holograms. the queen, shut up. The queen, <laughs> like I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep moving. The queen says no in no uncertain terms, and the princess, Christian Chenoweth, is very sad that because they're because they're going to leave, yeah. and she's like, oh my god, I've been living here forever, and I don't have any new friends, and so Twilight is like, why don't all of you guys go hang out? Show her a good time before yeah. we leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Teach her some of what I taught you. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I can tell a lot of you need to let off some steam after seeing Emily yeah, Blunt walking around in that body hugging up. outfit. Yeah. So there's another terrible... They sing... So they sing a song. It's very first drafty. They sing about, hey, we're having a good time. And at the end of the song, the queen is at the point where she's ready to agree to let them yeah. use the pearl. However the fuck they were planning on using it. And the pearl alarm. The goes pearl off. alarm goes off, which I feel I want to make a joke about pearl alarm, but I, there I, are just too many things. There's. I feel like we. I think we're at our sexy content quota. Yeah. We're not at that mark, but we're we're approaching it. I feel like we want to save. We have a lot of. There's a lot to come miles, later. Miles to go before we sleep. Yeah. In so terms we, of kink, I don't want us to blow our wad now yeah. on the pearl alarm because it's not important. But all that to say is that Twilight tried to steal the pearl, and so the queen is like, get the fuck out. Yeah, GTFO. Yeah, and all, but her friends didn't know that she was going to try to steal it. They thought yeah. she was actually wanting them to be friends yeah. with the princess. So they're like, what the fuck? And so they are ejected to the surface of the water, and they're, they're washed up on the beach. And they get in a big fight. They get in a big fight. Yeah. Where... And Twilight's like, I was just trying to do what was best. And they were like, we we had it handled. Like, we were being nice and friendly. And that was getting us where we wanted to go. You don't need to be evil. You dumb bitch. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how it goes. And so Twilight is distraught. And she and, and she says her, all her friends suck. Yeah, and that hurts everyone's feelings everyone's the most. Everyone's very sad. So Twilight wanders off to sulk 
I guess. Yeah. And gets Kidnapped captured by Emily Blunt. Yeah. Yeah, and puts in a, put in a cage and uh-huh. put into a room, which definitely reminded me of the scary lava sequence at the end of Ducktales the movie mm-hmm. with the reds and the blacks and everything. Yeah, like it really felt like. I it. mean, I imagine a lot of the people who were working on this film would have seen Ducktales. Yeah. as young people, I still think like in terms of movies based on kids shows. DuckTales the movie is still, for me, I think the gold standard. I wish I could remember it better. I know that I really enjoyed that movie and I've tried to find it to watch recently and I haven't been able to. I remember wondering why we never owned that film because every time we rented it, I was like, this is the best. It's it's available. It is now available on DVD. It wasn't for a very long time mm-hmm. outside of the UK, at least. In the UK, you can, you know, it's available on every corner shop market. But here, it wasn't available for a long time. Amazon has it for, I think, like six bucks, but it's an add-on item. You have to be buying mm-hmm. it while you're ordering something else. That's a shame. Yeah. Because it's a good movie. Yeah. But it's very kinky, the scene with Emily Blunt. And oh, the language in the song, which again, still very first yeah, drafty, but extremely first drafty. But I can get behind the sentiment that they were trying to express, which, which is, is I want to which fuck is, you. Which is again the very <laughs> Christy Carlson Romano and Hillary Duff and yeah. Cadet Kelly kind of dynamic that we've got going on. Now, for those of us who are not familiar with that dynamic, because we were not watching Disney Channel original <laughs> movies at that point in our lives, what the fuck? Um, just young inexperienced young lady and older angry one that wants to hurt you kind of dynamic. Oh, there's a little bit of that in Tipping the Velvet, isn't there? Um. Or am I thinking of Casanova? It's one of those vintage sex Tipping the Velvet is so on the nose that it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Because it's all laid out for you. Yeah. I think I might be thinking of Casanova. I don't know if I'm thinking of Casanova. I have not seen Casanova. Casanova's not the Heath Ledger one, the, the David Tennant one. All that to say, it is a, there's a very kinky song that happens. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of face touching and my my little my one. little one. Yeah, there's a lot of um, that. And she takes her back to Equestria, I guess, to the castle because she needs her, all four ponies in the same place. All four of the magical princess yeah. ones. So that when the Storm King puts his cane in the hole, in the hole, <laughs> he can he can draw draw from their strength. Yeah. And then he has all their powers. It's he collects all the Infinity Stones and gains control over reality. That is kind of what happens. Yeah, that, that is, is really yeah. actually what yeah. happens. He kind of he becomes Thanos, but he doesn't do a snap. He's just like, well, now I'm more powerful. I control everything. He changes what time of day it he is. Just a wiggles, bunch. He just wiggles the planet. Yeah, around. which is exactly what I would do if I got that power. It's like, yeah, I'm just, it's nighttime, daytime, nighttime, daytime, nighttime, daytime, like that for an yeah. hour and a half. And not use it for any of the th- intended its Yeah, intended it's unclear purposes. what he plans to do with the power. Yeah. He just likes to dick around with it. Because yeah. he's a dumb boy. Yeah. So the other ponies back on the beach... Realize sp- that she's missing. Yeah, Spike realizes they've been missing. And at that point, Kappa shows up. Tapper? No, it's Kappa. Kappa. All of their, all of the, like, the pirate birds show up. All of their friends. And also the, um... The princess. With yes. Sea porny. And... <laughs> All and also basically every all the friends they made they the friends they made, the friends along, they made the along the way <laughs> oh no um are like yeah let's go fuck shit up so they do that so they do that that's the end of the movie and so they they get into a the equestria equestria isn't the name of the city equestria is the name of the country or I guess the land? I guess the territory the the, the city the state city the ca- the capital city <laughs> um. They infiltrate it because it's, you know, being overrun mm. with all of the baboon henchmen. 
who apparently have a little pent-up emotion. Yeah, and they've captured all of the residents of the city and put them in very kinky kind of... Like muzzles? Yeah, that that muzzles is muzzles. I mean, they're being treated like horses, and it's weird to see like in the like you're you're a horse and you've lived your whole life as a horse, and the concept of like saddles and bridles and bits are all totally foreign to you. So I imagine like they're only used for kinky purposes in Equestria. Yeah, and they're just wearing them out in the world. Yeah, that's how they're subjugating the population. It's kind of like how watching Cutthroat Kitchen and they just like, they literally use BDSM wear. The spreader bars and shit like that. You know that Alton Brown is into that Oh, he is into some weird stuff and I love it. He is all the way a dom. There's nothing not dom about him. This is shit he brought from home. The energy that he brings. My favourite thing was the company who made the spreader bar tweeted about about the spread of our being on the show. And then it turns out their logo is literally traced from like an Aquaman comic book panel from I think the 80s. How odd. Yeah, this all went this down is... on Tumblr. And it literally ended with uh, that Bill Hader being the, the guy from Weekend Update. Like this club has everything. That that means. So it just anyway. went the Tumblr direction in terms of you learn so much. Yeah, you learn and a none lot. None of this information is actionable. I'll just say... <laughs> It's very kinky. Yeah. Ponies are kinky. That's just Ponies part. are kinky. Ponies, Ponies are, are kinky. kinky. Bridles and whips and my little one. Yeah. My little kinky. This is like the kinkiest episode we've done in a while. It's been a while since we went here. It's been a while since I was kinky. The plane saved me. <laughs> I don't know if this makes it into the episode, but Molly is is giving me such a look of, like, kind of defeat. It's your birthday, so I do have... <laughs> I'm contractually obligated to go along with all of this. Your contractual oubliette. I wish I were in an oubliette. That would be preferable. <laughs> anyway, so everyone comes and wrecks shit. Yeah, they fight. A lot of stuff happens. Emotions are felt. It's they, just a big it's just a big climax and in the end yeah. they learn that friendship is magic and they yeah. have to work together like they, that's kind of the summary. Well the, I mean the, the so the Fisher King gets the Storm King gets defeated. The the stick goes back in the hole. Oh yeah they and they redistribute the wealth. Everyone gets their powers back. They seize the means of production. The Storm King goes to turn the ponies into stone. And Emily Blunt, having learned the true meaning of friendship, jumps yes. in front of them and is turned into stone. The Storm King falls off a ledge, shatters into a thousand tiny pieces. But using their magical powers, the ponies stop the same fate from befalling Emily Blunt. Yeah. And use their magic to turn her back into a pony. There's a big party. She reveals that she can make fireworks come out of a broken Sia horn. She sings in a language that I'm still not convinced is English. It's common, actually. That's what <laughs> common sounds like in D&D. Just sounds like you're slurring your speech. And there's also a rap break from the rapper Common. I think Sia needs to go to speech therapy. I think she needs to go see an SLP. You know she listens to the podcast, right? Sia, I think you need to go to speech therapy. <laughs> She's been Jeremy the whole Soon time. Soon I'll be able to recommend an SLP to you because I am going to have to work with one. Oh, yeah. So that that's and that's the movie, right? The movie ends with a big the concert, end, yeah. and then just the credits roll. Yeah. And I realize we kind of breeze through the end there, which I think is becoming a thing on this podcast. But I really like this movie. Like again, I'm not going to rush out and buy it because then I have to explain to people why I own a physical copy. What if I owned it and then you you well? What if you bought it and you store it at my house? I bought it. So I add the the codes in. to my voodoo and then I give you the physical copy. Yeah, everyone 
ruins. Yeah. Because it will just you sit. Your shame is. is yeah, it will just sit among your Barbie movies. Yeah, it will be right. Would at you home. Would you watch it if you owned it? Probably not. Well, there we go. Then that's there's no point. I might just buy it on Vudu, and anyone anyone says, "Why do you have that?" Go, uh, yeah, I have a nephew, and uh, he he really likes. Well, wait, David <sighs> did say he that he had it on his Vudu. Yeah, we like, and that Why? was the excuse he and gave. He was like, I have a niece, and yeah. we were like, I don't think uh-huh. that was the reason. I think I that think was David a separate fact. Is a <laughs> also I have a niece. <laughs> yes. Did you know I have a niece? He yeah, that wasn't really a justification. It was just so a... he's a brony. Yeah. And now I understand that there is no shame in being a brony. Sometimes you you see a pony Emily Blunt wearing a wetsuit and you're like... Yes, please. Yes, please. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. <laughs> we we yeah. are in no position to kink shame anyone. Yeah. Oh, God. If, here's the thing. Anyone who worked on that film who listens to any episode of this podcast can pick 17 distinct, discreet things from one episode to kink shame us about. In any episode. We're not very discreet. No. We're we're the opposite of extreme restraints or Adam and Eve, where we don't come in a nondescript brown envelope <laughs> and it doesn't get. Listed it's all as... over our packaging. Yeah, we're all <laughs> the kink is all over our packages. Um, so with because here's the thing, this film I remember the 1986 My Little Pony felt very toyetic in that it felt like he kept introducing yeah, it was elements. Yeah, like here come by this. Yeah. What was it like a, a stable? It was basically like a big house. Yeah. It was like a pony estate. Like estate. Yeah. Trade in this castle for this like four bed three bath or, or whatever yeah. it was. There was nothing in this film that really yeah. smacked of that apart from the fact that they also have like seahorse yeah, forms. Yeah, the, t- them turning into seahorses, that to me felt like, oh, now we can sell seahorse fairies. But I have, I'm going to look it up and see if there were yeah. like seahorse toys. Yeah. Other, I mean, that's really the only thing. Nothing else really felt avert to me other than like the introduction of a couple of characters, whereas the 86 My Little Pony introduced so many elements that were clearly designed to be, this is a toy we're going to sell you. And this felt, if they were doing that, it was done so organically that I didn't feel like it was, it lacked the cynicism. Mm. Yeah, it felt to me more like this is just a movie that we made of this show, yeah. not this is a movie that we made to sell you toys. But it there are like also just, toys yeah, available. It felt, in that sense, it felt like just a regular children's property yeah. of like, we're also going to sell toys, obviously, yeah. but this movie isn't built around that premise of like, yeah. move as much merchandise as possible. You trust that the kids will enjoy the movie and the characters mm-hmm. enough that their want for They're the gonna toy want, is yeah. going to be organic rather than... Well, this is a playset. Yeah. And to that end, I, I, I like that. Like, I think that's one of the smarter approaches to mm-hmm. toyetic cinema that we've seen. Obviously, the Lego movie is, is the, the top of the pops, but I think this but is a this very... This ranks very high. Yeah, I would, I would put this... In terms this... of just being a film with a story and characters. Yeah. It's, there's, you're right. There's not really any cynicism yeah. about it. No cynicism, no, no synergy. Cash, cash grab. No Serrano. No Serrano peppers. Yeah, it ju- it was just a fun movie mm-hmm. that if I you know if I had seen it with a kid and the kid wanted to buy the toys afterwards, yeah, why not? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Where, where do you think on the Lego emoji scale? Where does this film sit I think for you? It's up there. I think it's like an eight. Yeah. An eight. Seven. Yeah, I would. Put I'm trying it... to think what is up there with it. That's good, but not Lego good. Because there aren't... I feel like we have... It's very bottom heavy, Mm. this scale. Yeah. It carries its weight. It's a good thing we're not grading on a curve. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah, they're not not evenly distributed. This is not a bell curve that we have. 
I put, I put it up close to the Lego movie, but not necessarily adjacent to it. Mm-hmm. I know this is a movie we haven't watched, but I, I, it kind of puts me in the realm of Jumanji in that mm. Jumanji is not a movie designed to sell a board game, but you finish that movie wishing like, that you had I the wanna, board game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I would kind of put it in those realms, even though obviously the, the, the cartoon and the toy line have kind of always been intrinsically linked because My Little Pony is, at its core, a, a product of the 80s, mm-hmm. and the 80s was all about... You know, consumerism. Yeah, the the Mattel and Mars bar Chocobot hour. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's it's almost certainly up there. I'm very pleased that we got to watch it on your birthday. And yeah. Like this was a good choice. Very solid film. Very enjoyable. Watch yeah. it with a child. Watch it without a child. Watch it with an enthusiastic friend on their birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we watching next episode? We are watching Mario's Young Princess. Yes, we're, we're skipping ahead a few Barbie movies yeah, to tackle. Yeah, we're skipping to the good stuff. We're eating dessert first. Yes, Barbie and the Island Princess, or Barbie as the Island Princess. She is the Island Princess. This is a movie that you've definitely brought up several times, I think on this podcast, yes. as one of the gold standard. Well, okay, you say that. I never, I will never say that any of these films are good in an objective sense, but I can say that some of them are more enjoyable mm. than others in the sense that there's more to latch on to. Yeah. This is a musical. So, oh dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, last yeah, time yeah, we did yeah, a Barbie yeah, musical, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, head yeah. span and span and span it's, and separated from my body span. and took off on my head like a... Like a sky dancer like a into sky the fireplace. Dancer. Yes. It Beybladed off into the <laughs> distance and towards the horizon. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it because it it's it, it's not good, but it's fun. It's a musical. Um, it's basically Barbie does Castaway. Oh. So, oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That, is, that, is it good? Does she go I've insane and start talking I've to told, a volleyball? No, she doesn't. She does talk to animals and she sings a lot. Okay. I mean, I would probably too if I were on a desert island. Yeah. I mean, I do that anyway. Yeah. I talk to animals and I sing a lot. So. I, I know and I, sing I would. I to my animals. I know I would just die in a, de- in a desert I island situation. I would also die. I think I would just die from the sun. Like, yeah. literally in the first 12 hours, I would just bake like yeah. a newt. So that's what we're doing next time. We are going to be watching uh, Barbie as the Island Princess. That'll be episode 45. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Toy Edit with Ben and Molly. If you enjoy the show, do please consider leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts, on wherever it is you get your podcasts if they allow reviews. Good word of mouth is what allows little teeny tiny independent podcasts like ours to thrive and grow and spread their fat baby wings and uh, and, and and build an audience. And if you like us, talk about us on your social networks. If you want to support the show financially, and you do have the option of doing that, don't feel obligated. We've all been in tight situations myself more recently than others it sounds like you're saying you just got laid no okay i got laid off remember oh yeah that yeah makes sense. so uh if you want to support the show um you can do so for as little as a dollar a month and get access to a growing library of of bonus content you can do that at patreon.com slash the life toy attic the one dollar level you get uh, access to all the bonus content at the five dollar level we send you a quarterly postcard designed by molly herself I mean- we write little things on the back and we sign them and we mail them off to you and we like getting videos and photos of people who've received their postcard that's always nice at the $10 mark you get a shout out at the end of the episode uh, I the... enjoyed watching that dawn no. on you of like there is a $10 <laughs> tier and I do not remember <laughs> no no I'm gonna see if I can do it from memory okay. um, people like at hey it's Billy Rose who is our good friend in Australia who is very very supportive of the show love Australia we love Australia really cool continent uh, hey if this podcast ever gets big maybe we'll come over to Australia and do a live show oh but it'd have to get very big very we'd have very to like be big. like 
bigger than the McElroys because they've never been to Australia. Happen. So yeah, it's not going to happen. If we go to Australia first, will that make us bigger automatically? Yeah, we should just go to Australia. Everything is bigger. Hey, let's immigrate down there. Yeah, let's they've got it. cool plants and stuff. And bugs that will kill you. Well, we have those here too. Oh yeah, they're mostly in Florida though, right? There's some here. Mazov the squid dude who is uh, has a tentacle in every pie because uh, Mazov mm-hmm. makes pies. Oh, he's a pie smith. That, we I mean, should I, make a cake today for Ben's birthday. You you did we did okay so we did D and D yesterday and uh, Molly knows my affinity for both cupcakes and cherry bakewell tarts, which is a British dessert that I'm very very partial to. And Molly makes the best cherry bakewell I think I've ever had oh, in the US you. or the UK. And it's free and, and vegan. It's, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I can eat it because I also like cherry yeah. bakewells and I never would have known that I liked yeah. them if I hadn't met you. So yeah. thank you for You're that. You're welcome. I gave you a that gift awakening. of you making your own desserts. Um, but uh, you made cherry bakewell cupcakes, cupcakes. for my birthday. Yeah, they're, the just, they're just vanilla cupcakes with cherry jam on the inside yeah. and amaretto icing. Really easy to make. Yeah, really nice as well. I'm glad um, you like them. Yeah, they were really birthday. great. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm 33. Um, You're Jesus H. I am, yeah, I've defeated Jesus in com- in, in, <laughs> in, in blood conquest. So uh, congratulations to me. Suck it, Jesus, I really think is the only other thing. Oh my. I have to say, there's one Strong more person statement. at the $10 tier who we need to name. And, and that's I know, Zach Lay. Zach Lay. Who, Our good friend who... A, a friend of the show, Zach Lay, who, of course, was in... Uh, My Little Pony the Movie 2017. What what did he do again? I he was you Emily Blunt's singing voice, actually. Ah, uh, yes. She had laryngitis yeah. during part laryngitis, of the... Laryngitis, yeah. Laryng- yeah. And sh- so he stepped in and, and covered her... I have to say, beautiful pipes. Yeah. And great, a great singing voice, yeah. too. <laughs> I say that because he's also a plumber in his spare time. and uh, <laughs> He knows his way around you know, the pipes. Yeah, he's he's very talented. So yeah, at the $10 level, you get one of those. And at the $100 level, you're Jeremy. You've got us talk to Jeremy. That could be you. That could be you. Uh, but it's not, because there is no Jeremy right now. Or is there? No. The throne is empty. Yeah. And you your look, king must ascend. If you like the show and you've got 100 bucks to spare a month. Why the fuck not? Yeah. Listen, I'd do it. <laughs> but I'd lose money on that investment, because Patreon takes a cut patreon.com slash the life toy attic feel free to support us or don't if you don't want to if you don't like the show that much you have the freedom and we will be here releasing the podcast for free every two weeks your body Um, your choice huge huge thanks to brian melbourne for our theme the toyetic toe tapper which has been the theme for every single episode of the show which has been the which is the theme it's the theme of the show (laughs) uh molly where can people find you on the social medias i am at molly alice hoy on twitter and instagram cool i rarely hang out there but if you can find me, I'm like a shiny Pokemon. <laughs> it's always exciting when I show yeah, up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, and I'm at Ben Padden on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Those are really the main ones I'm on. I'm trying to wean myself off of Tumblr and Facebook, really. But uh, Instagram and, and Twitter are kind of where it's at, at Ben Padden. And we're also the Life Toyetic on Twitter and, and not Instagram, but on Twitter and uh, Facebook. So feel free to like us and, and follow our tweets even though they are mostly promoting this show that you're already listening to. Yeah, they're a bit redundant. But it does give you the opportunity to retweet those tweets and share them with your friends. And your friends so, will be grateful yeah. for this quality kink content. Am I forgetting anything? I think that's about it. That's pretty much it, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Life Toy Edit with Ben and Molly. I've been Ben. I've been and still am Molly. And The Life Toy Edit comes with everything you see here. Flashlights are sold